As a leader of your company, you must stay up to date with your strategies and execution or risk obsolescence. Welcome to the Finnovate Show, financial services innovators bringing you the future today. And now, here's your host, Jerry Purcell. It's the Finnovate Show, brought to you by Innovation 360 Group. I'm Jerry Purcell. Get ready to think about your biggest challenges and capitalize on your biggest opportunities after this. Executives depend on external consultants to fill knowledge and experience gaps or to have an experienced mind audit their thinking. The Innovation 360 Group brings together a wide range of proven thought leadership from around the globe and cost-effectively makes it available to you. Get the insights, advice, and systems you need to succeed. Learn more at www.innovation360.com. Our guest today is Mahima Potter, Group Head of Personal Banking at Equitable Bank. Equitable Banks strives to transform the way banking has always been done. And this is especially true for their direct-to-consumer digital bank, EQ Bank. Mahima is part of a team who share a passion for doing things differently. As one united team of challengers, Equitable has grown to more than 900 employees, all joining the hundreds of thousands of Canadians who want change from their bank. In 2021, EQ Bank was named as number one bank in Canada on the Forbes' list of the world's best banks, and as one of the best workplaces in Canada by the Great Place to Work Institute. Today, Mahima and I will talk about the innovation in the retail banking world and what the future may hold for industry and its clients. Mahima, welcome to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Tell me a little bit about yourself and EQ Bank. Sure. Uh, So I joined Equitable Bank about five years ago as head of corporate development, which was really a good fit for me and a good place to learn the business. My background is more in management consulting, where I focused on financial services. And I think consulting really helped me bring a different perspective to Equitable, maybe even a more global perspective. So I use corporate development to get into the product world here at Equitable And that's really where I found my passion. I found EQ Bank specifically, again, our direct-to-consumer digital bank, to be the perfect platform to kind of unleash that product passion. So at EQ Bank, we're very much a mission-led organization. We're striving to enrich Canadians' lives by changing Canadian banking so that our customers earn more. In a broader sense, we're trying to change that value equation so that the end customers get more out of banking. I mean, if you think about just how much money the big banks in Canada are making, especially for a developed country like ours, I think it's fair to say that the value equation in this country is too far in favor of the banks versus the customer. Now, we're really trying to change that equation again to shift back value to the customer. And we're doing that by challenging the status quo every day. We're committed to finding better, smarter ways of doing things because we know the only way for things to change is for us to make them change. It's been paying off at EQ. I mean, we've had an incredibly successful year so far. This past quarter was outstanding. Uh, EQ Bank deposits crossed the $6 billion mark in uh, 
April of 2021. Our customer base has grown over 90% in the last 12 months. Uh, we're now over 200,000 customers. Our deposits, again, increased more than 100% since Q1 2020. And we're really seeing the benefit of our increased pace in our product roadmap. So more and more, we're seeing customers hold more than one product with us. Uh, so recently, we launched uh, registered accounts at RSPs, TFSAs, joint bank accounts. And the uptake on all of these new products has been really rewarding in terms of seeing our customers become more engaged with the platform. So you talk about driving change and enriching people's lives. And you've talked a little bit about some of the products that you offer, but what makes EQ Bank different than the other banks? I mean, it's really continuing to ask ourselves the simple question. How do we challenge the status quo of banking in Canada specifically? And how do we, you know, revisit those outdated and unnecessary banking practices to bring more value? I'd say we're very much a product-led organization. So I am personally insistent that we shouldn't get into a business line or launch a new product if we can't make it better than what's available on the market. I mean, some of these examples are EQ was the first bank to remove that artificial construct between a savings account and a checking account. Essentially, what we have is a checking account that pays you interest. Why do you have to actually physically move money from a checking account to a savings account just so you can pay interest. And then if you want to actually go and spend that money, you have to move it back. Well, at EQ Bank, it's all one account. And so you don't have this like unnecessary friction in using your money and earning interest on it. Another example was we were the first bank to move to free e-transfers. Again, like why is it okay for banks to charge their customers to hold money with them and then charge customers again to move that money around? When, like, if you look again at the the way that banks make money, they're taking those deposits and obviously turning around and lending them out. And so that's where the economic model is, as opposed to having to, you know, charge fees and and add costs in every single step of the, the process. There's also simple things like it was important for us to allow our customers to access their full transaction history online. If I think about my own experience pre-EQ Bank, at my big bank, I couldn't go back more than three months on e-transfer history. I, I mean, like, presumably it might cost them something to provide access to that data or to store it, but regardless, it creates friction in a person's everyday life. So, I mean, I think that's it. Like, we're literally going into the depths of everyday banking transactions and trying to figure out how to remove that, you know, everyday nonsense, if you will, that you deal with some of the other banks. And then the, uh, the universal truth of what we're doing is adding more, giving back value to customers in our banking transactions. So in terms of the needs of your customers, certainly one of them, I'm sure that uh, they all look forward to is the reduction in the friction as you talk about it. Um, what are the other critical pain points that customers have that you're striving to, to resolve? I think speed of payments and money movement in Canada is a real pain point for all Canadians. And it definitely manifests for our customers as well. So right now it can take two to three days for payments to transfer from one bank to another. And that actually gets considerably worse if you're not directly connected into the banking infrastructure. So, for example, um, with fintechs, this, this problem gets further exasperated. 
we're trying to design around that. But I think ultimately like real-time rail and payments innovation in Canada is the only way that we're going to get around this as a society in general. I think another big issue is that our policies, while they have kept us safe and stable, regulations haven't been updated to to go along with our current existence. I do think it creates friction in the system. Like a simple example is that our whole payments infrastructure on the on the personal banking retail side relies on a pre-authorized debit agreement, which I'm, you're probably familiar with, like a pad form. Um, if you look into the regulations, you actually need to wait 15 days between the time a customer agrees to a payment coming out of their account and the financial institution actually being able to initiate that payment. There is like a, a carve out there that reduces that time to three days, but still we're talking about a minimum of a three day period in a world of instant gratification and like real time, everything, which customer is actually going to be okay giving their approval waiting three days, then coming back and initiating a transaction. So, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of this complexity that is uh, in our system today that we need to figure out how to get around. But I do think as a nation, speed of payments and, and money movement is is behind and creating a ton of friction for customers. Yeah, I think this, it's probably likely that that particular thing is uh, – is not observed all the time because I can't imagine clients being accepting of that. Uh, we won't get into who's not doing it or whatever, but, <laughs> but. <laughs> it's a good example though, right? Like as a smaller financial institution, we don't want to risk not being compliant. Right. And so like these regulations create a ton of friction. Maybe a big bank has the opportunity to make those calls, but it's a challenging. It's a, it's a tricky balance to, to solve yeah. for. Yeah. So the, the COVID period is a good example of uh, a situation that forced banks and others to, to change. What kind of movement have you seen in, in terms of your business or in the, in the retail banking business around COVID? You know, digital. What does digital mean to you, for example? Yeah, I mean, we're lucky in that we created EQ Bank as a mobile first bank. Right. So we have no branches. We have no physical presence. And so all of our policies, procedures, the way that you do things are already designed for digital and self-serve. And I think that really helped us because there wasn't any massive transition, if you will. I think what we have definitely experienced is, is massive growth in this period. I think that's driven by two things. One, Canadians are more self, uh, savings conscious than they have ever been. And uh, I think what we're seeing is people comparing interest rates for the first time. I've never before seen a period where people actually realize how little interest they make on their savings accounts at big banks. Well, now that seems to be a point of conversation or at least something that people are searching for because we're getting a ton of traffic from direct searches. So I think that is one piece. And then I think the other reality is given COVID and the physical nature of a lot of our banking today in this country, there's been a huge shift to an acceleration of digital. And so people are definitely much more comfortable with digital only banks and digital banking in general than they were previously. I noticed recently that the bank has launched uh, a new product called uh, the Mortgage Marketplace. Uh, Sounds pretty cool. Tell me some more. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty cool. So uh, Equitable Bank has always been a big proponent of the uh, mortgage broker industry and the value that you get by being able to shop around 
mortgages as well as the advice that a broker brings in that huge purchase decision. And so what we did was uh, partner with a digital brokerage uh, called Nesto to say, how can we bring a seamless digital experience to our customers when they go to to get their mortgage? Um, and so the, the experience we have is a step-by-step process on um, asking the customer questions that would help direct them to the best fit mortgage. And then uh, the, the brokerage actually has access to over 2,000 mortgage products that get compared through an algorithm. And then the best fit products are presented uh, to EQ Bank customers. And the, the other value component of this is that we're able to provide the best rates in the market to EQ Bank customers on equitable bank mortgages. Cool. Um, so that's our, our additional value add on the already fabulous digital experience. The world is moving fast. It's difficult to keep up. Your executive team routinely needs new ideas to keep them ahead of the competition. Imagine having a plan in place in 30 days to focus your innovation efforts, improve customer experience, accelerate your move to digitization, or increase speed to market. Our guide to accelerating your innovation agenda provides you with insights and time-saving resources to plan your path forward. Contact Jerry to book a quick call or for your complimentary copy at www.linkedin.com backslash in backslash Jerry Purcell. G-E-R-R-Y-P-U-R-C-E-L-L or email Jerry at jerry.purcell at innovation360group.com. So I'd kind of summarize the challenge for EQ Bank is so much to do in so little time. <laughs> you basically summarize like my years. <laughs> so tell me what uh, what you and the bank have learned about building a brand, you know, in Canada and North America. I mean, it, it sounds simple, but brand matters. You need to invest in brand. I think uh, when we first launched, it was on the back of a high interest rate. So EQ Bank launched in 2016 with a 3% interest rate at the time, which was, you know, guaranteed and also like considerably higher than what you could expect in equity markets at the time without any of the risk. And so we saw massive growth on the base of that interest rate, but we also became known as a, as a rate player, right? And while we will always have top of market rates and be a good value source for in terms of interest rate for our customers. I don't think we invested enough in the brand in the early days. And so that's been a big learning in terms of getting the positioning right, having consistent positioning across all of our products and all of our collateral to be able to get away from this notion of just being a rate player um, and being able to tell the story better in terms of all the other pieces of value that we offer to our customers. And so I think like now having that consistent positioning and investing in brand awareness versus just acquisition has really helped us. Um, so we're seeing the benefits of the, the brand awareness investment um, paying off now, for example, and, and it will continue in the future. But I think like for any fintechs out there that are uh, maybe earlier days in their journey, 
there is real value to putting that branding spend out there that won't pay off immediately. But like as you scale, it becomes extremely powerful in terms of what it does to cost of acquisition and the quality of customers that you're acquiring. So when do you start worrying about scale, like in terms of there being too much? I mean, we're there, so I'm worried about it. Um, I think like that's probably been one of the challenges that's come with the benefits of all of this growth. I think it's hard when you're on this rapid product development path, which we are at EQ Bank, to step back and say, you know, some maybe some of the processes that we built, you know, they're they're not going to necessarily scale with us. I think our customer care center is a good uh, manifestation of that. We weren't prepared for the type of growth that we saw. Um, and so this year and like the, the last few months in particular have been really about getting that service equation right and investing in, in proper scaling mechanisms for that side of the business. There we go. So, um, we start talking about the future of uh, retail banking in Canada, you know, we, we see it as uh, changing the way that customers engage with banks with um, much more partnership and relationships between organizations with um, sustainability entering into the picture much more than it has in the past and with changes maybe in the way that banking actually works. What, what kinds of things are you looking to, to see or are those the things that sort of you guys are aligned with in terms of your thoughts for the future of banking? I mean, I think those are definitely, like, we're seeing all those same trends. I think we've already started actioning a lot of them. So our whole thesis is around we do deposits really well, and we want to continue to own that space for our customers and build those from scratch. But when it comes to the other needs of our customers, how do we partner with best-of-breed fintechs or other FIs to bring those solutions to our customers through an ecosystem model? Um, So. For example, we are partnered with TransferWise, which is now WISE, to offer international money exchange transfers sorry, around the world. To us, WISE is, is the best way to do that because it's incredibly easy. It's, uh, it's almost instantaneous in, in 30% of cases, um, and it's eight times cheaper than the big bank alternative. Well, I mean, the reality is like EQ Bank was not going to be able to create a product that could compete with WISE from scratch. And so we'd much rather partner with an organization like that to bring that best of breed to, to our customers. Um, and from a sustainability perspective, it's definitely always been important to us and continues to be in, even moving to digital and paperless and, and that kind of mechanism is an important part of that equation. I would say that in terms of the future and other trends that we're looking at, they're they're more consumer centric. Like I think the ones that you mentioned are true of the industry. What we're seeing on the consumer side is there's the things that define trust with your financial institution are not necessarily the things that will define trust in the future. So if you think of the past where, you know, you had the I don't even know if I should be mentioning names, but you have these institutions that have been around for hundreds of years with these um, massive bank lobbies and and the grandeur that comes with them. That represented stability in the past. For customers today, do they really care about that 
bank lobby and is it more a reflection of what it costs them to maintain that bank lobby versus having that bank lobby. Um, and so I think what we're seeing is there's this movement around a lack of trust, feeling like you need to be your own expert. So we see customers doing a lot of research themselves to figure out the best option. What we would love to do is provide insight, especially like once open banking is here and we get more free flowing data, like being able to provide that insight that's trusted to, I guess, provide advice or like money movement options to customers so that that, so it's not such an individual effort to become an expert in everything. And I think the, the crux of it for us as EQ Bank will be to do it in a transparent and non, like non-biased way to make sure that it's the best for the end customer. And that it's not about like, you know, where the bank makes the most money, for example, which I think unfortunately is what the advice channels have turned into yeah. uh, in the industry. Yeah, some of my partners and I th- think about it as a new era, really, for banking. And it's a difficult thing to transition from the sort of more traditional way of banking. But and, and I think everybody had a point of view that they were trying to do the best thing for the client. But ultimately, some of the decisions were, were driven by the kind of products you sold or whatever, and not necessarily the long-term best interest of a particular client or a group of clients. It's a, it's an interesting transition, actually. Yeah, and I think you're, you're exactly right. Like, I think an individual advice advisor has the best interests of their clients at hand, but from an infrastructure perspective, there's probably only so many products they can offer. Like if you're a financial advisor in a branch, you probably only have a series of that bank's products and mutual funds to offer to your customers. Well, inherently there's huge MERs baked into that mutual fund, but you don't, I mean, you don't have another option for the customer. Yeah. It drives behavior, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this sort of sea of stuff you're trying to accomplish besides doing a lot of working, <laughs> what, uh, what's top of mind for you today? Top of mind is, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. It's how do we do it all <laughs> without breaking? Um, I just see there's like so many areas in Canadian banking that we can make an impact and a difference. And it's, you know, like, what do we do in what order um, and how do we get to market in the fastest way possible while still, you know, keeping true to our value proposition is, is the struggle. Um, Like, for example, I think in the Canadian landscape specifically, like SME banking continues to be underserved. I, I mean, I think, People have tried to innovate around this, but ultimately it's incredibly arduous to get an account open digitally in Canada if you're a small business. Um, I also think the constructs that we have today push small businesses into, even if if the bank has products that would make sense for them, they get pushed into not so um, attractive products because they're not big enough or, you know, it doesn't fit into the business banking description. So that. That area, for example, I think EQ Bank could make a big difference in, but of course, we're currently retail focused and there's other retail products that we could also make quite an impact in. And so how do you balance all of that and uh, pick one and get there fast? (laughs) (laughs) You know you got there when somebody else is criticizing you for being too big, I think, right? Isn't that 
Is that what happens when some other like is uh, somebody nipping at your at your heels? Um, so, what advice would you give to to today's business leaders or or new up and coming banks? I mean, this might sound cliched, but it's been incredibly true for me. Is as a business leader, like spend time on building your team, and don't build a team of mini use. Like, really understand what your gaps or weaknesses are, um, and build a team around you that can fill those gaps and enhance the overall outcome. I think there's this overwhelming need for urgency in today's reality. And so people, leaders drop down and try and do it themselves, um, or they're too busy with the day-to-day to take a step back and plan for the future. And I, I think like taking the time to, to build the talent on your teams and, um, you know, designing the, the right team for your reality is, uh, is where I think, leaders should be spending the bulk of their time. Cool. So that actually wraps up our episode. So as always, I look forward to hearing thoughts from our listeners about today's show. Please keep the conversation going. And if you like the show, tell your friends. And please take a minute to rate our show or post a comment. Go to www.innovation360.com or your favorite podcast site to find out more or to listen to more shows. Thank you very much for chatting with me and Mahima. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking with you soon. Stay safe and see you next week. You've been listening to The Finnovate Show with Jerry Purcell. If you like the show, share it on your network and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can go to www.innovation360.com to listen to more shows, download the transcription from today's show, or to contact today's guest. This is The Finnovate Show, financial services innovators bringing you the future today. Today.